Okay, so um, I'm back, and I wanted to talk again about what I was talking about yesterday. So, like I said about um the team that the Lord gave me. So the Lord gave me a team, a mentor, and some angels who always defend and protect me, but also at the same time understanding that angels they can only fight for you when you're fighting for god when you're fighting for yourself and that means you have to be trying to be better you have to be reading your bible you have to be you know trying to feel your life and your space and your in a you know acceptable you have to be inviting the holy spirit in your presence so that they can be there fighting for you a lot of angels are unemployed because we're not trying we're not we're not trying to fight like everybody has angels that god will send to well not not angels you don't have angels i don't want anyone to think that you have assigned angel well you do have assigned angels but i don't want you to think that you like i want you to worship the angels because when it comes down to it god sends the angels he assigns them to you and they're just on assignment but you have to be worshiping god and you have to be worried about god and the reason why i said i don't want anybody to think because i've you know i've seen people call call on angels i've seen people pretty much say like my angel guides me to do this my angel guides me to do that and like it's it's a thin line it's really a thin line you have to give all the credit and all the glory to god like the angels are sent by god on assignment they're only doing what he told them to do so when you say you get guidance you have to say you're getting guidance from god when you say you know you're calling when you're calling on anyone you have to be calling on god you can't say my angel did this or my angel did that because they're just doing what god told them to do that's just like if you started blaming your angels you can't shoot the messenger so it's like you have to give all the credit to God. You have to say, God did this. God did that. God sent the angel to do this. God sent the angel to do that. Because they're only doing things on his behalf. And it's in the Bible so many different times. But specifically revelations where um, Paul, not Paul, excuse me, John got down on his knees and worshiped and, and, and bowed down to the angel. And the angel said, get up. No, worship God. Because he's not doing anything. He's just, well, he's doing something, but he's not doing it. It's God that's doing it through him. So you have to be careful with that. Like a lot of different people, I see them calling on angels, and that's literally like, that's a, unfortunately, that's a, a way of, you know, being deceived by Satan's kingdom. Because in Satan's kingdom, the fallen angels want to be worshipped. They want to be worshipped like God. That's why they got cast out from heaven. Because a third of the angels decided, I want to be, I can do God's job. I want to be worshipped like God unconditionally. I want to make my own decisions. And I want to sin instead because I'm prideful and arrogant. And they follow after Satan. So, yet still, so if you ever you know feel like you're worshiping an angel or if you ever make the mistake of worshiping an angel you ever feel like it's made okay then you have to be careful what you're where you're at where you're actually at and it's and 
I want to be clear. It is kind of tricky because when you're truly anointed and chosen by God, like these things get challenging because they have to be. God wants the best of the best. So I feel like what I've learned is, excuse me, what I've learned is that God will, you know, he will test you. And obviously the Bible says that he never gives you more than you can handle. But God will test you and see, you know, how far you're willing to go. You know, not for how far you're willing to go, but see how much you can, how strong you are. He tests how strong you are. He tests your strengths and he tests your weaknesses. And a lot of times you might think, well, that's, that doesn't seem fair because I would, like, it gets so challenging that you do sometimes contemplate giving up. That's just life. Like, nobody's going to be perfect where it's like they never I mean, some people are really, you know, really good with that. But I think that everybody contemplates getting up at least once. And that's why God is always there to make sure that you're not. Make sure that you don't. So, that being said, um, just be careful with the angels things. Because God does send angels at your side. But it's God doing that. It's always God. So you have to give all the credit to God, all glory be to God. And a lot of times we have to be careful when we take credit for ourselves as well. So lately, Satan has been um, kind of distracting me or trying to torture and torment, torment me in a way where every single thing that I do and every single thing that um, God has allowed me to do, Satan is like... Um, no, give the glory to God that you didn't do that. And I'll give all the glory to God. That's not a problem. But every single time I give all the glory to God, he's like, Satan is like, um, so you didn't do that? So you didn't work all that hard? Like, that, that wasn't you doing that work? You didn't work hard? You don't feel like that's unfair as much as you went through that you have to give all your credit to God? And I'm just like... To, to be rid of all of it, I'll give all the glory to God. Just all of it. I don't need any of the credit at all. That's just what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, God is like, no, it's okay. I want like, not I want you to take the credit, but you did do that. Or you made, not, not you did that. He did that. God knows he did that. But like, you are making these decisions. You're making the decision to choose me. He's doing the work, but I am making a conscious choice to be with him. So whether it's not about taking the credit for the action, but it's about understanding that I am who I am. Like not I am who I am, but cause, cause, because God always keeps me. He always, um, God always, you know. He's the he's the reason why I do a lot of things. I look back and I wonder how I was even able to get make it through certain things or make certain decisions the way I did. And it's always God through me. So I know it's not me. It's God. But I'm saying that yet still I still have the I still have free will. 
Like, he's not violating my free will. So that's what God is pretty much telling me. Like, you have free will and you freely choose me. Yes, he does everything. But I still have to consciously choose him first. Because at any given time, the door is open, wide open. I can go wherever I want to go. I could be wherever I want to be. But... I would never, like, now Now I would never. I pray and ask God to keep me where I'm at with him. Because I don't want to go anywhere else. And when Satan try and trick you, tries to trick you and make you feel like you can't take any credit for yourself, the entire time he's making you feel like, doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that bother you after all you go through that you can't take credit for yourself? But for the sin, you have to take credit for Why doesn't God take credit for that too? Why does he only take credit for the good? And the simple answer is because God is only good. There is no evil or bad found in God at all. So if you understand that God is only good, he's perfect. Obviously, he's taking, he's going to be able to take all the credit for the good because he would never be able to, he can't take credit for the bad because he's not bad. He's not a bad guy. That being said, also want to be clear that God is in full control of everything. Just like he created good, he created evil. So it's not like he created he created good, he created evil, but that doesn't mean that he wants evil. I mean, I hate that I'm stumbling on my words. This always happens, but... It's not that he wants people to gravitate towards evil. He clear he most clearly has made has shown what side he is on. Not what side he is on, what side he is. He's the, he is the good side. He he has made that so clear. So when you try and distort and pervert pervert it, it's like it's not about what side he's on. He's perfect. He doesn't make mistakes. But you do. So it's about what side you're on. So, simple as that. That being said, I want to talk about a couple of different tests. I feel like I call them tests, but also I'm working this stuff out. I'm not saying that I'm perfect and understand completely. You know, I do understand, but, like, there's still certain things I have to still figure out. But that's what it's like on your journey as a human being, whether... You know, you dedicate your life to God or not, you still you're figuring things out in life. That's just how it goes. But I just chose to dedicate my life to God and there's still things I'm figuring out. But that's okay because God is here to guide me in the best possible direction. He is the best possible direction. So he's here to guide me through that and make sure I'm okay. So throughout this time, I have found like, so like I would be. worshiping God and like different things will be getting revealed to me like specific excuse me specific things will be getting revealed to me where it's like God is showing me like there is this like I said it was this competition and I spoke about this yesterday and this in the previous episode where I said that um it was this competition for like 
being Jesus' wife. And like, I remember in the spirit, like God coming to me and telling me like, well, actually, because I feel like I was talking to Jesus the whole time, but I just want to say what was said first and then, you know, then pretty much say what happened after and then de- then determine what whether it was Jesus or not. Because Satan is so crafty, but he's never been able to make me believe he's Jesus when he's not. So that's never happened before. And God told me, well, God revealed to me that ever since I was a kid, I've been knowing the difference between him and Satan. And that's just... I guess it just comes with the territory, really. I think it just comes with the territory. And that's just a metaphor of me saying, like, when you're... God makes himself known, and he makes himself... Like, he's set apart, but he makes himself very clear to you as a child. So, it's not that he makes Satan clear. That's Satan's job to do. He does. You know, well, he tries to make himself... He disguises himself as an angel of light all the time, but... God is so clearly set apart. There's no way you can get him mistaken with any other force. That is just the facts. Now, unless he wants you to get him mistaken with another force. And sometimes God does that in order to test your the spirit of wisdom and discernment that he gave you. Now, that being if you ask for it. A lot of times he gives you the spirit of wisdom and discernment even if you don't ask for it. But I specifically ask for the spirit of wisdom and discernment. So, I don't know. Maybe I may be tested on a different level. I know that I am, actually. So, uh, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm contradicting my words a lot, but obviously you can tell that Satan is trying to attack this message and keep it from getting out in more than one way. Like, he he doesn't want me to be able to articulate my words correctly. So, I'm trying to um, get it out as best as possible. But also, at the same time, he, like, Satan has been on one lately with me specifically and trying to stop me from accomplishing what it is God sent me to do. So, excuse me, I don't, I'm learning not to be offended by it because that just means it's a lot of lives to be saved at stake. If it were just mine, he'd be fighting, but not this hard. So, um, or maybe he would, you know, Satan is, is really... He doesn't even want God to have one. He doesn't like not not even one more. So God, so so what was said to me, what was brought to me was I was praying and worshiping God. And when I pray and I worship God, I can Sorry. I usually it usually happens, like, when I pray, I pray in a way where I want to have full understanding of what it is I'm learning, the the most understanding of what it is that I'm reading. I want to apply it to my life, and I want to see, I, when I'm reading a Bible, I'm searching areas in my heart and my soul where I can apply this word and move forward. You know, applying it and trying to be a better person moving forward. So I'm reading the word in in complete humility. Like, what is it that God is trying to tell me today? What is it that the word, this word that I'm reading today, 
how can I put, how can I apply that to my life moving forward? How can I make every single time I spend time with God count? I want to make it all count. I don't want to be reading it for nothing. I don't want to be reading the word and for 10 years and then down the line, 10 years later, it's like all I did was read it. I didn't apply any of it. I didn't let any of it transform me into the woman I want to be. I didn't grow from it. No, I don't want that. I want it to actually grow me every single time I spend, every single time I pick up the Bible, I want to grow from it. Every single day I spend time with God, I want to grow. I don't ever want to remain stagnant because I've done that for too long without God. So God, I feel like when he found me or refound me, God was or represented himself because I never was lost. And he said that so many different times. Like you have you have strayed, but I never let you stray far. I always told you. To make sure, you know, like when when parents say when you're a kid, like stay in my sight. Like stay in my sight. And since God sees everything, that's like not just a metaphor. Like stay in my sight. Don't go too far. And going too far is worshiping other gods. Going too far is, you know, a bunch of a plethora of different things. But he's always kept me in his sight. So he's always told me not to stray too far, and I I haven't strayed far. And so many different times in my life where I was so oblivious to how how much how much my actions were truly affecting me, my sin, and how it was really affecting me. Like I'm gonna be honest, like when I was like 15 or 16 years old, I would do so much so much stuff. Like I would smoke weed. I would go out all different times of the night. I would hang out with all different types of groups of people. Didn't care, you know, whether they was worshiping God or not. I wouldn't even ask. Like, I probably rarely talked about God. And around this time, I wasn't thinking about God and all of my thoughts and everything that I do. Like, that's something that you should do. Like, God says to think about him in all that you do. And if you're not thinking about him in all that you do, make sure you're repenting. Make sure you're repenting daily throughout the day because we sin so much and we don't even realize we're doing it especially if you're ignorant to the words of when you especially if you're ignorant to what's in the bible you don't know everything in the bible the bible from the front to the back you're not aware of the different sin a lot of people know the bible from the front to the back and still don't be aware of their different sin so god has always told me three different things he's always told me to not stray far to think about him in all I do and to repent daily. So even when I was like super ignorant to all of the sin I was actually in and how deep and how far I was and how close I was to hell, I still was doing these things because God would come and present himself. And I would not even be in my Bible around this time. Like it would be random times where I'm in the midst of smoking and drinking with my friends and God would, you know, just catch me on it. Like just not just catch me, but he would just present himself like stray. But you, you, you may stray, but you don't stray far. He never told me to stray, but he said, you may stray, but you don't stray far. Then other times he'll be like, you need to repent all day. Like you need to repent every chance you get to think about it because you don't 
even when you don't know what it is you're repenting for, repent. And God told me, like, repent for what you know you're doing wrong, though. Like, when you say, I'm sorry to somebody, you have to say, I'm sorry for, and you have to fill that in. Like, what are you sorry for? But also, at the same time, you also repent for what you don't know. So you can't just say, I repent, and you know exactly what it is you're wrong about. You have to say, I repent for exactly what you know you're wrong about, and then also repent for what you don't know. And then God also has told me to um, make sure I think about him in all my thoughts and everything that I do on a daily basis. So that used to be super easy for me. That used to be so easy for me. Like, I'm, I used to be the kind of person where I'm always looking for a sign and everything from God anyways. And also, I find myself, you know, just thinking about, it's just so easy for me to wonder, not wonder, but to think about God and all my thoughts. And I remember for a while, I was thinking about God and all my thoughts. And it was so peaceful because even though I didn't always have the answer to how he felt about what it was I was doing, it was the fact that I was still thinking about him. And I was always thinking about him. And it made me feel better. It always made me feel better to think about what it was, how he felt about what I was doing. And I'm not saying I was doing the right thing all the time. I'm not saying that I was perfect all the time. I was actually wrong a lot of the time. But I was just always considering what it is he may have felt about. I was just still thinking about him. Like, how, what does God think about what I'm doing? And that would help my actions. So that would help me re- remind me to repent. That would help remind me to, you know, make better decisions. Like, even if I'm repeating the same folly, and that's pretty much the same sin, even though, even though I'm doing the same thing over and over again, like, when I think about what God thinks about it, it's making me think about, okay, well, maybe next time I'm going to think more about it. I'm going to put more thought into it before I do it or while I do it or after I do it so that I'm going to repent now, but I'm also going to think more about being better in the future. So these different things I realize come into play now, like nothing is for nothing. But a lot of the time, a lot of the stuff, no, all of the stuff that really comes into play with God was the things that I was doing for nothing in return. Like, when I did these things, I did them because that's just who I was. Like, that's just how I felt. Like, I just love God. And God, you know, God made me like this. I can't take the credit. So, like, when I did these things, it was because God made me like this. But a lot of times, we as people, we think to ourselves, I'm going to do this. Because I want to please God. Or I'm going to do this because I want to, you know, I want a reward from God from doing this. I know that God will bless me if I do this. And that's usually the stuff that doesn't come into play later. It's the stuff that you do without thinking about it because you're just not, like, you're just, you just want to be a good person. Like, you may think about it, but you're not thinking about what you're going to get out of it. You're just doing it because you're a good person. That's the stuff that comes into play later. Like, it's way too many people, when they do stuff, they do it for things in return. And that's just not, I've I've noticed after God, like, showing showing up and revealing himself that usually, like, you have your reward. Like, it's in the Bible, you have your reward. And I'm not saying that because I'm the person who's always done everything, not expecting nothing in return. Absolutely not. Like, I've been the kind of person before who have said, um, 
Oh, I, I was, I'm going to get a blessing if I do this. If I do this, I'm going to get a blessing. So I'm going to do this so I can get a blessing. Or I'm going to do this so I can, you know, so I can look like I'm a good person. Not, not even, I'm sorry, I take that back because I just, I'm not the type of person to say I'm going to do this so I can look like a good person because I just am a good person. I don't have to look like it. So I'm going to say, I say I'll do this so I can get a blessing. I do say that though because, well, I haven't, I don't say it anymore. Not really often. Well, I, I won't lie. I would say I have before. And usually when I do that, it's because I would feel like I would decide to myself, I deserve a blessing for this. And God does not like that. God does not like that because he dis- He decides, he determines whether you deserve a blessing for what you did or not. And it's usually when you're not expecting one. So whether a lot of times when I did stuff, expecting a blessing or expecting something to return, it was for nothing. It was for nothing, and that's usually what it's like. So if you're, if you ever go and you wanna, you wanna look good to God, and you want God to choose you, and um, you wanna, you know, be made, you wanna be noticed by God, which He notices all His children. I wanna be clear, but you wanna be noticed, you know, set apart, chosen by God. You can't go and start doing things and say, this is going to get me set apart. This is going to get me chosen. Because the chosen people are usually ones who have never expected it. They're the ones who do things, good things all the time. And then you have to remind them that they're that good. And not because you have to remind them to be good, but you just have to remind them that that, that's what they're doing. Like a lot of different times I do good, good deeds, I do good things. And when God comes about and tells me about these things, I have to, I'm, I remember like, oh, yeah, I do do that. But it's not because I forgot. It's just because that's just who I am. It's, it just comes so naturally. That's just how I live. And I, I pick up the Bible and read the Bible, and I read the different things that God wants you to do. And I say to myself, that's just how I am. And I'm sure that's God. I'm sure that the reason why is because God raised me. But... It's just amazing to me how I look at the different, I look at the Bible, I read it, and I think to myself, what can I get out of the Bible to make myself better today? And I read it and find out that I'm already doing these things naturally because that's just how God raised me to be. So that's usually the people. So now I get it when God says, if somebody's going to hell, it wasn't a mistake. He doesn't make mistakes. So now I kind of understand it when how he judges people because the people who are going to heaven they are just raised right they're just natural like it just it's in every fiber of their being they're just naturally righteous people they're they're just naturally not wicked they're good people now that being said nobody is perfect so i'm not talking about the people who have done certain things to have to get through certain you know you know, times in our life. Yes, there's consequences to your sin, which you've probably already experienced. This is a hard world. So you probably already experienced consequences for what you've done. I'm sure. You're probably living in the consequences. So this is not the people who've made mistakes. This is the people who have naturally a good heart. So let's say you have a naturally a good heart and you're just the type of person who's, who's doing bad on a daily on a daily, you're doing bad. Your life has took a turn for the worse. And now you feel like, I know I'm going to hell. 
That's just simply not true. Because your heart is what determines your spot in heaven. And since your heart is still good, most likely you're still going. It's the people whose heart have never been good. They're, they've always been fixated on wicked things. It's not just a phase for them. It's not just a, you know, situation for them. It's not, it's not just because they fell into hard circumstances that makes them wicked. No, it's because that's just who they are. They're just wicked people. They're just a wicked person. They have a wicked heart. Like, when it comes to good things, you know, they, they have to force the good things. They have to force themselves to pick good choices. And a lot of times, that's just not... We You'll be surprised whether you're that person or not. I mean, you won't be, but, like, I notice that a lot of people who question if they're that person or not usually aren't. Like... When you say to yourself, I think that I might be that kind of person. I might be that wicked because a lot of times I'm just fixated on wicked things. I naturally gravitate towards wicked ways. And um, I don't I don't try and be good as I, like I should. And you don't even realize the good things that you do come naturally. Like when you see somebody down and you might just think to yourself to say something to them that you feel like will uplift their spirit. Just because... You know what that's like. Or when you, you know, like a lot of people, I don't know about giving to the homeless and stuff because I don't know how many people actually do that. But when you give to people without expecting anything in return, like that's one of the most obvious things. But like, to be quite honest, it's the little things. It's really the little things like, um just caring for the people that everybody ignores or nobody cares about showing no partiality in the daily things that you do meaning that you don't put others above others because of what they have or what they look like you just see all people the same and it's just naturally you and you think well just because i see people the same that's because i know that i can be seen certain different types of ways but it would take you getting to know me to understand i'm different and you don't understand that that's a good a, a good trait that's one of the traits that God looks for that makes you have a that means you have a good heart because you're able to see things like that you're humble so it's just it's the different things in life and it's a lot of people who think that they're so righteous they're super self-righteous and I don't want to say that I have been exempt from feeling like that before I have felt like that before and had and learn I'm learning to humble myself on a daily basis but there's different people who have felt so righteous, super self-righteous, and didn't realize that they were actually wicked. Super wicked in a way where every single thing that they did, they only did it expecting something in return. And when, and when there was no you know, return on their investment in sight, they never did it. They go around judging people without caring who they are on the inside. When they see somebody down, they say, whatever. You know, I don't care if they're down. I'm already having a worse day myself. Now, sometimes you may do that, but it's the people who just genuinely don't care at all. Like, I mean, let me take that back because I don't want to twist, you know, the message. But pretty much, you know, the people that say, I don't care if you're down because you should you should feel how I felt. Or, you know, the people who want to put you down because they want you to feel or go through what it is they have gone through. 
they see something happening to somebody and they say to themselves, good, now you see how I felt when it happened to me, even if that person wasn't even the one to do it to them. Now, this is just a few examples of certain things because obviously it gets more complicated. This is life. Everybody's different and the situations are very, can be very specific a lot of times. But I'm just trying to think of examples, you know, off my head. Like, it's kind of hard right now because Satan is always attacking my thoughts right now. But, um, that being said, like, I realized, like, in all of this, God... He chose so perfectly and it's so reflective of his character. It's so reflective of his character. Every single choice that he makes that he's shown me makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But also in the same in the same standpoint, if you were on the street daily and he didn't show you, it's like maybe you would maybe notice that they're a good person. But you wouldn't have made that choice so as perfectly. This is why we have to leave this type of power to God. Because a lot of different times, we're not able to see the bigger picture. We're not able to see all of it. We like to think to ourselves as humans, I see this person doing this. I see this person doing that. And these are the standards that I use to choose who should go ahead or who should be chosen or who should be the, the best, who should have the, you know, the crown. Who should sit on the throne? And a lot of times we're making the wrong decisions because we cannot see what God sees. And then here comes God who makes the most perfect decisions at all times. And you see him choose someone. You may think that is the most unlikely choice. I get it now because he reveals to you why he chose them. Their heart is revealed. And when he chose them, you get it. You'd be like, oh, that does make sense. Actually, it does. But you couldn't see it before he chose them, which means you probably wouldn't have chose them, which means you most likely would have overlooked them because of you only see their mistakes. But God always sees the best in everyone. So that's why we have to let God be God. We have to choose him as our God, because in trying to be God's ourselves, we always make the wrong decisions. We always make mistakes. Very rarely are we able to make God-like decisions without him. So we as humans, we as people, we think, oh, no, because I'm an expert at this. Or I have all the best experts in the world and we're going to make the best decisions and it's going to get done and everything's going to be perfect. And in reality, no, not without God, it's not. Without God's guidance, you're going to always be choosing the wrong thing you're always you're always going to be doing the wrong thing always promise you and i i keep stumbling on my words i'm trying to get this out but every single time god makes a decision it opens your eyes and you are blinded before you are deaf before it opens your ears and it's like why didn't i see that how couldn't i have seen that before you done it even though i already noticed it just like how you did. Like you'll see somebody on a daily basis doing the same thing. And that'll be the reason why God chose them. But you wouldn't have chose them even though you noticed the same things he noticed. And that's why we need him to guide us. So. A lot of times we have in our head what's a good person. And God knows for sure. And it's not based off of the mistakes. His ways are not like ours. 
No one is like him. It's not based off of how we move on a daily basis because a lot of times life hits you hard and you move differently. You're not always perfect. But your heart is still good. You still have a good heart. Which means even when nobody knows it, you know, you would lay your life down for somebody without expecting anything in return. You don't lay your life down for them because you're expecting, if I die for this person, I'm going to heaven. No. You will lay your life down because why not? That's a person. And even if you wouldn't, you know, because everybody's not that brave. Everybody, everybody's not that brave to lay their life down for somebody. Even if you wouldn't lay your life down for somebody, you would give your last. And some people think that giving their last makes them a good person. Like, not always. But you would just sacrifice your own comfort. Your own luxuries, your own pleasures for somebody else's happiness and expect nothing in return. Not for somebody who you feel like, oh, one day they'll be in a position to help me. Or you're thinking like, you never know, maybe they will be in a position to help me one day. No, you're thinking, I may not ever see them again and it's still worth it. This may not come back and it's still worth it. Even though you know that it will because God. Usually people like that have God watching over them, you know, overlooking their decisions a lot of the times. But that being said, um, I hope it was, I could, I hope I could get that point across that usually a lot of times we as humans think we know and God really knows, which is why we need him. So this probably sound completely off topic now, but I'm getting used to my episodes actually being like this because god just brings me to a whole bunch of different points so lately i've been worshiping god and and worshiping god i find out i found out my purpose i found out my calling like i've known my whole entire life i've i've been a demon slayer i've known that my entire life and god told me what i was going to do but i guess you know, obviously being human, like I just talked about before. See, it's amazing how God will bring you all together. Like, because I thought this was going to be completely off topic. But obviously in being human, I felt like I knew what it would look like. Like God already told me what I was going to do. So I felt like, you know, I was going to put on like a whole superhero suit, be able to fly in the sky, you know, saving people. And in reality, like God would tell me, what it consists of and like okay so I'm, I'm being dramatic but really like I was feeling like it would be like when he told me what was gonna happen I would like fight for fight fight for people I'm a demon slayer etc I'm really thinking like I'm gonna actually get trained like he's thinking I'm gonna he's telling me I'm gonna get trained I'm thinking okay I'm actually gonna be in the gym getting trained like they train the army army people like i'm really thinking like i'm actually gonna learn these super secret spy moves and be able to like i don't know walk up walls run up walls and stuff i'm like that's gonna be me and like in reality what it took was exactly what he said just not exact not what i thought it was gonna look like so when I just when I actually started fighting, I found out that it really was spiritual. It was all spiritual. 
And it does happen in the physical because God told me it was going to be spiritual. And I was like, yeah, it's it's not going to ever happen in the physical for me. And God is like, no, it's going to happen in the physical for you. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so that means I'm going to be running up walls, you know, being able to, like, jump and fight and all this other stuff, all these super karate moves and stuff. And in reality, it's like, no, what it looks like in the physical is praying. What it looks like in the physical is fasting. What it looks like in the physical is, you know, abstaining from different pleasures or different things in life that I usually would indulge in, like separating myself, placing my putting myself apart from things and, you know, rising above situations like not not tripping over things anymore like I used to stepping over things I used to trip over like the small things the little things like so how I used to be all up in my hair like I used to spend hours in the mirror daily and guys to tell me about that and I used to wear makeup I would care so much about appearance um I would judge people based off of what they can do for me. I would it was it was so many different things. I would care about having the newest stuff. I would think that money, not money was everything, but money could buy happiness. Like all these different things that made me I didn't realize the devil was winning in the spirit with me. And then it took God pulling me out of that for me to actually see. Excuse me. What was going on and in him pulling me out of it. So many different things I had to do, which made me start actually winning spiritually. What made what I had to change, what I had to make changes on in order to elevate which is not responding that's one of the major things not responding i'm still working on that i'm not perfect like i remember deciding as a kid i have to respond i have to because they won't leave me alone like i was that person i was that kid that i could ignore you i have i i can actually I don't have to be the biggest. I don't have to be the baddest. I don't have to be the toughest. And I don't have to have all the attention. I don't. I can fall into the background and I'll be fine. Like, I have my own little world and that's fine with me. Like, I don't have to be bothered. I was that kid. But people always came and bothered me. Like, always. Like, I'm not going to say I always was the type of person who... Somebody always had to pick a fight with me first. No, I'm not saying I was perfect. No, I didn't always. But I was the type of person that people tend to gravitate towards picking fights with me first. Like, usually. But I see now, as, as while I'm older, it's because people wanted to get my attention. People wanted to. People wanted. People liked me, I guess. Or admired me from afar and wanted my attention. But growing up, to me, it was just so frustrating because I, it's not that I just wanted to be left alone, but I was okay with being left alone. 
I was completely okay with that. And I just wanted to be, not I just wanted to be in my own world, but I was just always in my own world. And I was cool with that. It wasn't a big deal that I could be with in a crowd with other people because I grew up in a big family. But I usually chose to set myself apart and that was just fine with me. But it seemed like people would always come and violate that kind of in a way. So as a kid, I kind of already had determined to myself and determined for myself that I'm going to do my best to ignore people. I'm going to do my best to, you know, not respond to people. But when somebody comes in my space, when somebody comes and bothers me and goes overboard in my, you know, personal space, then I have to defend myself. And honestly, that's what I was taught growing up. That's really what I was taught growing up. Like, you can be cool and calm. I notice that you're you're timid. You're shy. I notice that you are really like that. But if somebody comes and keeps bothering you, you have to fight them off. Otherwise, they won't ever stop bothering you. And I, now I don't know whether that was good advice or bad. I guess it's just all about how you apply it. Because now I'm fighting things off in the spirit by doing different things. So I guess it's really about switching certain things around and changing your perspective. It's still the same thing. Because with the devil, he will come in your space and he will try and bully you out of the things that the Lord gave you. He wants to steal your destiny. He wants to steal your blessing. He wants to steal your anointing. He's jealous. And you can try and ignore him, but he won't really go anywhere until you learn how to, you know, knock him off of you. You got to learn how to resist him. And in resisting him, you might think, okay, so I just ignore him. You can't just ignore the devil. He's the devil. Now, some people say I do. I ignore him. But I'm learning in this fight. It's not a, sometimes it's not, a, it's not as simple as just ignoring him. So that means what do you have to do? First of all, pray. And when I say resist him, I've learned that resisting him isn't as simple as just ignoring him. Resisting him consists of being full aware what he's doing. But choosing the options that keep you from just feeding into it. So, for example, before, before with, with the devil, I probably didn't see what was going on. And like a lot of times he was still attacking me anyways, which shows me that I was powerful even when I wasn't, even when I thought I wasn't. But with resisting him now, I see that it takes, you know, being aware of what I'm capable of not sitting in my ignorance before it was being comfortable in my ignorance before it was feeling like I mean I was ignorant to it but I thought that ignoring him or just saying to myself God got it God got it handled it's going to God is going to handle it that that was actually defeating him in all all the time now don't get don't get me wrong having faith in God and trust in God will most of the time not most of the time is definitely the way to go all the time. But what I'm saying is a lot of times 
especially when you have an anointing on you, when you're chosen, you can't just say God's going to handle it. You can't just, I mean, you're, God's going to handle it, but it, that's not it. You also have to do the work. You also have to start. You also have to start educating yourself, coming out of your ignorance. You have to read the Bible. You have to find out what it is about yourself that's allowing him areas in your life because it really is rules to this. There's a whole, like, there's a whole, there's laws. There's laws in the spiritual realm. There are laws. Now, that being said, Satan always violates them. Satan violates laws all the time. And he finds tricky ways of trying to make that seem legal. Like, I have a legal right to be here. And it's like, so here's an example. Let's say a child isn't held responsible for their actions until they're, you know, full aware of what it is that they, they're doing. So it really says 13. But really, it starts when you are aware of what you're doing. So if you're like seven and you know better you're you're held responsible at seven some in some cases so let's say satan enters a child at like five he would try and will not try his logic or his way of explaining that would be because of the parents and in a way because the bible says you know the sins of some people will fall on third and fourth generations that can be sort of true but also at the same time understanding that everybody has their own like i don't want to sound like i'm like i'm still learning this stuff so i was i'm gonna i want to say what i do know everybody has their own life and god since you know since god knows who you're gonna be from the jump which are the sins of your mother or your father they See now I don't I don't I don't feel like it sounds like I'm going where I'm trying to go but like I said I feel like my thought process is being attacked by Satan. So pretty much what I'm trying to say is that God determines that not him. He can never tell you what's what's a, what's his legal right to do anything because he is not the judge. God is the judge. He in reality he could tell you a bunch of different things. What was his legal right to do something? And in genu and genuinely he has no legal right anywhere. So it's really about you accepting that. So also at the same time you have to understand the things that you're ignorant to. He can maneuver in more freely. So if you keep if you stay in ignorance, saying to yourself, it's safer to be ignorant. It's not. That's what I mean about resisting him. Like, I used to think resisting meant staying in my ignorance because I felt that that was safer. Saying to myself, I don't have to worry about that because God worries about that. God got it. But a lot of different times when it's on your heart, that's God who placed it on there. And that just means that God wants you to educate yourself about it so that you can resist more things, so you can resist things better. That being said... Of course, I have generational curses on my family. Like, I found out that I'm an Israelite. So, well, I knew that already, but, like, now I know, no. I really know. So, I found out that I'm an Israelite, and we all have curses, generational curses on us. We all know why. If you've read your Bible, it's because you, we did not keep our promise when God kept his. 
So we all have generational curses on our family. That's just number one. But that also is contribute to the things that I've done wrong in my life. That's added to, you know, what adds on to that is the sin I've committed. So in all of this time, I'm thinking I'm a child of God. None, none of this will affect me as long as I love God, accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My sins are forgiven. And the fact of the matter is, yes, that's true. But when it comes down to it, being ignorant to these things is not safer. And that's choosing ignorance because, I mean, yes, that's true. It's true. But that's what else, though? Like what else? Because. When you choose that and you say, God got it, God got it handled, you're pretty much saying, you know, it doesn't matter whether I know, whether I fight to find out the knowledge, whether I fight to find out the information that's going to help me, to help me as much as possible. Yes, that's true. My sins are forgiven and I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but that doesn't mean that I can't find out everything it is I could possibly know about what it is I'm going through in order to better whatever situation I'm in. Which means, I mean, what information, what can I do? What is it, you know, I I could know that could possibly push me in a, push me in the right direction faster or more? Like, for example, it's okay for you to say for your whole life, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My sins are forgiven. And as long as I love thy neighbor, you know, as long as I'm I'm pushing hard to um, be a good person and repent for my sins, you know, maybe reading my Bible sometimes, maybe going to church. Some people don't even do that then I'm going to be okay. I'm going to heaven. And in reality, it's like, what about the in-between? Because we do have a life here. So while we're sitting here saying, the devil is attacking me, you know, every single time it feel like things will never go right for me, or Anytime something happens, you say, Satan is trying me, but that's okay because Jesus is covering me. Yes, Jesus is covering you, but what can you do to stop Satan more? What can you do to, um, when he's hindering you, what can you do to hinder him back? Not hinder him back, sorry. Don't do anything back, but what can you do to stop him from hindering you? What can you do to learn? What can you learn to educate you and push you forward? And... In reality, it come down to, you know, you just have to educate yourself. And educating yourself, you find out that it's a lot of different things that we do on a daily basis that we can change and keep Satan from being able to maneuver in our lives. Now, it's always true that we are forgiven. It's always true that if you, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will have eternal and everlasting life. It's always true. Not Well, not always, because our sins sometimes can trip us up. But that's what, that's why you have to educate yourself. And you can't be ignorant. So, yes, it's true that because Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, we don't have to. 
Yes, that's true. But when it comes down to it, different things you can do to keep, you know, to better your life. So, for example, let's say you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and therefore you're going to heaven. Yes, that may be true. But until you get to heaven, do it seem like you're suffering so many different different so many different things no matter how much you pray? What can you do to make your prayers more effective where to the, where it feels like your prayers are being answered? Now God always answers prayers. Asking you shall receive. But what can you do to get those real results on the prayers you that you on your prayers? Educate yourself. Educate yourself about the different things that Satan is capable of. And I had to learn. I had to learn about the different things he's actually able to do. Like, growing up, even though naturally I fasted a lot of times, I didn't understand fasting. I didn't understand fasting growing up. That really wasn't actually incorporated a lot in my life. Even though Jesus was. So... Another thing growing up, honestly, I feel like fasting is very important. But in reality, Jesus, God told me so many different important things that were vital. He always came and told me the very vital things. And fasting, now, he's told me now, but bef since bef before now, that's never been one of them. It just hasn't. Um... I'm trying to think of the things that I've learned lately that before I just really wasn't quite like I didn't know. And I feel like this kind of stuff people need to know. So like um, when you pray, actually addressing the Holy Spirit inviting the holy spirit in so like i prayed i used to when i used to pray all the time i almost used to ignore the holy spirit i would pray to god i would say jesus i would say god i would say father but i never said holy spirit like you have to address holy spirit holy spirit does so much on your behalf holy spirit does so much on your behalf so that's very important and i wouldn't have known that in my ignorance Another thing. Oh, this is the most major thing. Actually getting up and making your prayers work for you. A lot of times we pray and we say it's handled because I prayed about it. That's true to a certain extent. But a lot of times if you feel like your prayers aren't actually working or coming through for you, that just must mean you have to make them work. And it's, it's too much ignorance well, I know that a lot of time. I know growing up, it was taught that if you prayed about it, it's handled. Or if you prayed about it, you don't have to worry about it. But in reality, yes, you still do. It's not just about praying about it. It's about praying until you not. And people say pray until you get results. But I mean, like, don't get up off your knees until you get results. Press on to God. Like, that is something that I really found out that is very, very vital. Like, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish what it is that God allowed me to accomplish without it. You have to pray and pray and pray and never stop praying. If it's a situation that you feel like, I've prayed about it, I'm not getting results, which is why I don't.
believe in God. I'm telling you, you have to never stop praying. Whatever it is that you got going on, cancel it all. Whether that be for a week or a month, cancel it all. Pray and never stop. Because then, by then, you're actually doing something about it. You're actually going to get real results. Otherwise, you can't say you tried.